What's up, guys? Combat Addict here. Um, what a week, man. What a week of uh, interesting stuff that went down. Let's start with uh, UFC 256. Hell of a card. I mean, that whole card was great. Like, every fight was a good fight. Every single fight was a good fight. Um, Cyril Gaon looked really good. Looked really light on his feet. For a heavyweight, it's impossible to me how he bounces up and down like that. I can barely do, do that right now in the middle of COVID. I don't even have the... The spring chicken feet to do that. Kevin Holland knocks out Jacare Souza, whose name is actually Ronaldo, I guess. Jacare Souza from his back on the ground, just straight up street fighting style, throws a punch from his back and knocks Souza unconscious. Kevin Holland is on a five-fight winning streak. He's fought five times this year. And immediately after that, Kevin Holland is like, I want more. Give me, give me Hamzat. Which I'm more than happy to watch that fight. More than happy to watch Kevin Holland go at it and tear up Hamzat Chimaev. Even though I have a feeling Hamzat might win that fight. But I'm more than 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 uh willing to watch that. Except Hamzat is silent. Hamzat hasn't said a damn thing. I thought that I was gonna see Hamzat respond like in a day. Like, yeah, I'm ready to fight, but no. That's not what went down. Hamzat has been quiet, and he's putting out vague tweets. Putting out vague tweets, talking about how he's coming for everybody, but he's got nothing nothing for Kevin Holland. He's got nothing to say to Kevin Holland. I'm going to try to find one of these tweets for you guys. Yeah. This tweet from yesterday says, I'm coming for all of you and will smash everybody. But he's ignoring a direct call out from Kevin Holland. Do you want to see the tweet? It's right here. There's the tweet. And there's a picture of him being all victorious. But if you're really coming to smash everybody and you really want to fight anybody anywhere, you were supposed to fight on the 19th. If you think you can beat Kevin Holland, there's no reason that you shouldn't take that fight. You were supposed to fight on the 19th anyway. But for some reason, he doesn't want to fight Kevin Holland. I don't know if the name's not big enough or what, but I just know that it would do... A, I know the fans would want to see that fight. I know I want to see that fight. And for some reason, 
Hamza just hasn't said anything, hasn't responded to this direct call out. Weird. Mackenzie Dern's fight with Vima. Uh, Joe Droba. Jo, I don't need. Jan Droba. Jan, Jan Jadoba. Jan Jaroba. I don't know how you say her name. That was a good fight. Mackenzie Dern is a champion. Tough as nails. Had her nose broken in the second round. Still came out in the third and threw leather. We'll talk about the co-main later, but Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno is an instant classic. That's one of the greatest flyweight fights of all time. I'm not going to call it the greatest flyweight fight of all time, simply because we did have Henry Cejudo versus Demetrius Johnson, and that was a pretty high-level competition. It wasn't nearly as brawl-like. It wasn't like as much of a brawl, but definitely a good fight from what I remember so I'm not going to say it was the greatest flyweight competition of all time but I will say it's one of the greatest flyweight competitions of all time one of the greatest flyweight title fights of all time Brandon Moreno is a tough son of a gun and I actually thought that he might have won the fight so I was surprised that without that point deduction Davison took all of the took all of the judges cards Well, what are you going to do? Now let's talk about Tony Ferguson and Charles Oliveira. Now, I've been saying that Charles Oliveira is a good fighter for a little while now. Okay. And I have said that his striking was getting better. But I didn't even pick him to win this fight. I picked Tony Ferguson to win this fight, which now that I'm looking at it, was kind of stupid. I picked Tony Ferguson to win this fight because I thought that even though Charles Oliveira is this jiu-jitsu whiz, Tony Ferguson is a 10th planet jiu-jitsu guy. He's got good enough jiu-jitsu that he's not going to get stuck on the ground with Charles Oliveira. He's going to be able to get to his feet, and when they're on their feet, he's going to be able to cut Charles up. What I didn't anticipate was that Charles Oliveira has some sort of uncanny strength that we didn't know about. And he can just hold Tony Ferguson down with technique and strength for an entire fight. I didn't know that. I also didn't know that Tony Ferguson was going to go in there looking so stiff. He looked real stiff, even in the beginning of the fight, throwing his shots. He didn't look right. But Charles Oliveira, in line with how he looked against the Motown Phenom, was phenomenal. Was phenomenal. And I think that he has earned... A, I think he's earned his right to say that I need to fight for the title. I think he's earned that. I think that... If he doesn't get the fight for the title, at the very least, he takes whoever wins Connor versus Poirier. That's what I think. But let's get back to Tony Ferguson. 
first off, tough as nails. I don't know how he didn't tap. I really don't know how he didn't tap to that arm bar. Other than to say the man is insane. And just... Isn't going to let any amount of pain get between him and victory. But secondly, now we know that this man would have lost to Habib. We know. We no longer need to see that fight. I am happy. I can die happy without that fight. It's clear to me, at least, that Habib has to be on levels much higher than Charles Oliveira when it comes to ground control. And if that fight is any indication that they had, the fight that they had, if that fight is any indication of how Tony Ferguson does with a grappler, Habib would have won that fight by a landslide. There was no need to see that fight. That fight was canceled five times, maybe for a reason. Maybe the universe was just like, let me spare you guys the trouble of having to see that wipeout. If anybody is going to submit Habib off of their back, it's going to be Charles Oliveira. And even then, I don't know if you're going to be able to get any good jujitsu off with the amount of control that Habib has on people. Not only that, I don't think we're going to see that fight because I really do believe that Habib is... is I mean, I'm holding out there. I have a feeling he'll come back, but I really do think that he's going to hold out. I mean, he made a promise to somebody that he wasn't going to do this without his father. He swore that. I don't see Habib as a man to go back on his word. But Tony Ferguson with a 12-fight win streak still never ended up fighting for the title. What a crazy world that is that we live in. That man worked harder than anybody else in the gym. <laughs> Won more fights in a row than anybody else in that division. And still didn't get a title shot. That's unbelievable. That right there is unbelievable. All right, let's watch some insanity. Let's watch something uh, a little bit crazy here. What the fuck is up, you Irish cunt? Good morning, Conor McGregor. I know you're probably beating up old dudes in a bar right now, or maybe you're jacking off because you're sick of fucking your wife. I mean, she's a four, Conor. You could do a lot better, but happy Monday. My team sent you a $50 million offer this morning. $50 million cash, proof of funds, the biggest fight offer you've ever been offered, but you're scared to fight me, Connor. You're ducking me because you don't want to lose to a fucking YouTuber. You're 0-1 as a boxer. I'm 2-0 as a boxer. I just came off the 8th biggest pay-per-view event in history, but you want to fight Dustin Prober, who has less followers on Instagram than my fucking dog. That's a fact. And Dana White, you're a fucking pussy too, you ugly fucking bald bitch. 
You said there's zero percent chance of this fight happening, but there's zero percent chance of you getting some fucking pussy. Connor, you're scared. Dana, you're scared. Sign the fucking contract, you idiots. Jesus fucking Christ. Irish bitch. Fuck these guys. Now, for those of you who are listening to this on the on the podcasting platforms, um, that was Jake Paul. Jake Paul is a YouTuber, and um, Jake Paul uh, is like if you could take a young douchebag like a young bag of douches like take a young like like new douches like douches fresh off of the assembly line if you could just get as many douches into a new new bag as possible and then turn that thing into a human that's kind of what Jake Paul is he's like the the youngest richest douchebag that exists. He actually probably owns that title. I don't think that there could be a younger, more rich douchebag than Jake Paul. Um, this is the same guy who doesn't believe coronavirus is real, who throws parties in the middle of the coronavirus, who goes uh, looting with people or filming looting with people. Uh, he's sort of a menace to his community from what I understand. Anyways, he's come out of nowhere and uh, called Conor McGregor out, as you heard. Called Conor McGregor out, wants to fight Conor McGregor. He's also been beefing on Twitter with Henry Cejudo, actually, for a little while now. And uh, Henry Cejudo actually really wants to fight him. Like, Henry Cejudo is actually 100% interested in fighting him. But Jake Paul isn't interested in that. Jake Paul is after Conor McGregor. Now, a couple things that I want to say about this move. Firstly, it's not going to work. Um, I don't know what Jake Paul is thinking. Actually, this is kind of a desperate move like a really desperate attempt to get Conor McGregor to fight him like it doesn't make any sense to me that Conor McGregor would fight him over this um whether it be the insults or the money it just doesn't make any sense like how old is Jake Paul let's be straight here he's probably like maybe a little bit younger than me Oh my god, this kid is literally like almost my age. We're almost the exact same age. He's 23. Dude is 24 in January. I literally just turned 24. So we're like the same age, me and this guy. Anyways, um, Conor McGregor is like 30. Like how old is he? Like 34 now? How old is Conor McGregor? I just typed in CO and Conor McGregor came right up. He's 32. He's almost got 10 years on this kid. Uh, I just don't see how he's going to get caught up in Instagram beef 
with Jake Paul over insults. I mean, this is a grown-ass man. He has children, and these children are going to grow up one day and see the things that he's done on the internet, okay? It's not a good look to start Instagram beef with a YouTuber that everybody hates who's also 23. That's just... <laughs> you look weak. Like, Conor McGregor looks weak if he does that, right? Just because this kid, this literal child, threw insults at him on 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 Instagram. So the insults I don't think are going to do anything for Conor McGregor. I think he's got tough skin. He's got thick skin. Secondly, though, the money... Like, does this kid think that Conor McGregor needs or wants his money? I don't... I don't understand. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, Conor McGregor has proper 12... McGregor Fast and the UFC, he has, he's already a billionaire. In fact, I'm sure that he stopped counting his money because he has that much of it. Like, he has so much money that he's just no longer keeping track of it. Which is a great feeling, I'm sure, to just have that much money where it's like, okay, I don't even have to look at this anymore. It's just going to do what it does and I'll be fine. So that, like, that isn't a reason where he's going to do anything about this either. So I don't understand what Jake Paul is on about here. Um, and Conor McGregor hasn't said anything. For good reason. Uh, <laughs> he's literally leagues above this kid. Like, he's, he's levels above this kid in wealth, notoriety, favor... In every way, shape, and form. Jake Paul is like... Is like... A discount version. A discount asshole version of Conor McGregor. That's like... What Jake Paul is. So... I don't think he's going to get the time of day from Conor McGregor. I think Conor McGregor is actually in this for the war... I mean, if he was in it for the money, he wouldn't be fighting Dustin Poirier. Conor McGregor is doing this because he loves to do this. All right? Um, and because he loves to do this and he loves martial arts, I don't think he's going to disrespect the game by getting caught up with Jake Paul. <laughs> it's just my take on it. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe that doesn't make any sense. But uh, Jake Paul really uh, really wants this fight. He even threw wet toilet papers at Dylan Danny's like a couple days ago just to try to get a rise out of Dylan Danny's and Conor McGregor. But apparently Amanda Nunes is down to knock Jake Paul out. So if Jake Paul wants to fight Amanda Nunes, they're thinking they're going to make that fight happen. And obviously Amanda Nunes knocks Jake Paul out. Which, hey. Why not? 
Why not knock him out, Amanda? I would just say that if you do, you kind of give him what you, what he wants. That's why. I feel like you stoop a bit too low. If you actually if you actually do it, if you offer him Amanda Nunes instead of Conor McGregor, it's kind of a, like a slight to Amanda in the sense where it's like, no, 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 Conor's too good for you. But you can get Amanda, though. We all know who the bigger superstar is, but like, you know what I'm saying. It just, uh, I feel like if you, if you actually do fight the kid, you, you, you give him what he wants. You're stooping down to his little Jake Paul level and giving him exactly what he wants. Now here's, here's what I want to say about Jake Paul. I don't like the things that Jake Paul does, and I'm not a fan of Jake Paul. But one thing I do like about Jake Paul is that he is unapologetically Jake Paul all the time. <laughs> he is unapologetically just the bad guy all the time. And there's something about that that is just entertaining. It just entertains me. It, there's something about that that just is fantastic. I'm giving myself a chin check right now. I'm looking at my facial hair. It, there's something about that that is so fun and entertaining to me. And I just... <laughs> I just want to see him do more crazy stuff. <laughs> I just want to see him just act like a fool more. I just want to see him say outrageous stuff on camera. Because he means it. And that's, that's why it's so amazing. I would fight Jake Paul. <laughs> I would fight Jake Paul, man. I would fight him and I would whoop his ass. <laughs> I would fight him, man. It'd be really fun. I think, honestly, these YouTube fights, honestly, one of the, one of the, honest, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. Being YouTube famous, the, the, the most fun part, aside from like going to train at whatever gyms you wanted to go to, and filming and recording there. The best part would be actually having like YouTube fights and doing press conferences and trash talking. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd be the best trash talker, but that would be really fun. I'm not even going to lie. What he's doing, what Logan and Jake are doing, it seems really fun. They're literally, they're literally getting to be pro fighters without actually being pro fighters like how many people can say they can do that with anything how many people are like oh yeah on the side i'm just like a famous musician <laughs> who can say that on the side i'm just in the nba no you're not <laughs> but these guys are doing this 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 crazy thing where they're fighting people just because they've got a fan base it seems really fun to me as somebody who enjoys combat sports and striking. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. The truth is, if I fought Jake Paul right now, I would not win that fight. But I believe that if I was given the time to train, I'd win. I'd win. If I was given enough time to actually get prepared and train like this guy trains, I'd crush him. I, I believe it. I believe that I would make him question himself. I believe that I would make him think twice about how tough he is. Like, I think I would actually break him. Like, I would take something from his soul. I believe this. Because I'm willing to go to that place. Like, I'm willing to go somewhere that I actually don't think he's willing to go. I think Jake Paul thinks he's willing to go there, but he's not. And if he is, then it would just be a really good fight. Because then we would have two people wallowing around in the mud. Damn, that's like the only reason I want to be YouTube famous now, so I can punch Jake Paul in the face. So I can so I can train so I can train really hard for a long time just so I can fight him and kick his ass. <laughs> just so I can beat him up. Oh man. That sounds so fun. You can tell I'm like smitten with this, this idea. I gotta get my, I gotta get my training back together when this pandemic thing ends so that in the event that I ever get the opportunity to fight Jake Paul, I can. That's what I need to do. Uh, they're asking whether Davison Figueredo or Kevin Holland is the fighter of the year and this is always like a debate. It's always a question of. It's always a question of like. The level versus the activity. Right? Because everybody said, for example, that Cody Garbrandt's knockout was more impressive than Sean O'Malley's knockout on, uh, on uh, a UFC fight card not too long ago that we had. Right? When. Cody Bar Garbrandt knocked out Rafael Asuncao and uh, Sean O'Malley knocked out, what is it, Eddie Wineland. Everybody was debating about whose knockout was more impressive. And people concluded that Cody Garbrandt's knockout was more impressive because uh, I think because the, 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 the level of competition that he is facing is much higher. For that reason, the fighter of the year under those criteria, based on the level of competition that you face, would be Davis and Figueredo. But to be honest with you, um, Davis and Figueredo, I think he fought three times and he fought the same guy twice. No, he fought four times, sorry. He fought four times. Ooh, wait a minute. He fought four times. Because he beat Benavidez once. Then again, 
then he beat Perez, then he beat Moreno. So he's actually, yeah, I think he has to be fighter of the year. Because he he's one fight away from tying Kevin Holland's so, so impressive five-fight win streak. But, you know, five-fight five fight win streak over who? So I think you give it to Davis and Figueredo because he has been the most active champion this year, I think. I don't think any champion has been as active as he has. Um, he became champion this year and he defended his belt twice. Theoretically, you could say three times if you think that he just won the championship the first fight they had with Benavides. So I guess, yeah, Figueredo would get athlete of the, or, uh, fighter of the year. I think he would get it. So Yoel Romero was released from the UFC and um, I didn't know why he was released but uh, apparently according to MMA Mania it was because Yoel was turning down fights. Or at least they had said that he turned down fights prior to his cut. So Yoel said, I was ready, or I was already training very hard, getting ready. We were already thinking of fighting in January or February at 185 or 205. We were looking to fight with the top three in either division. They wanted me to fight Uriah Hall, Derek Brunson, and we explained to them that it didn't make sense for me to fight these young men we had an idea we were chasing the world title our thought was that fighting any of these guys that are in the back of the roster that it was taking steps backward not forward now here's the thing they were saying that they were going to try to work their way back to Israel Adesanya. That's like what they wanted. But I don't understand how they can suggest that that's really what they wanted. Like sometimes I hear people say things and I'm like, are you crazy? So you wanted somebody in the top three of either um, middleweight or light heavyweight. So you wanted Robert Whitaker, Paulo Costa again. Or Jared, so first Robert Whitaker for the third time, Paulo Costa again, or Jared Cannonier. You wanted Glover Teixeira, who's earned his title shot, Thiago Santos, or Dominic Reyes. Now, the reason that I'm saying it like that is because Yoel Romero has lost four of his last five. You don't get the top three when you lose four of your last five. Like, you had so many title shots. He's had three title shots. He doesn't just get to be taking the number three guy on because he's Yoel Romero. And if that's the reason that he ended up getting cut, 
It's stupid. I'm telling you. Unless unless he, he like he's in this for the money now and Bellator said that they would pay him more, it's just dumb to me that that is the reason that they couldn't come to terms with with with, with each other because Yoel Romero was like I want to fight somebody in the top 3 even though I've lost the last 4 the last four of my five fights. Not to mention that he's actually a particularly boring fighter up until the finish actually takes place. So that to me is ridiculous. That to me is ridiculous. Anyways, man. There was one other thing that I was going to talk about, but honestly, it's it's like I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Basically, what's her name? Sam Hughes was fighting on the preliminary card. I'm pretty sure her name is Sam Hughes versus uh Tisha Torres. And uh <clears throat> After the first round, she got what's called a hyphema, which is like a pooling of blood inside the anterior chamber of the eye. Um, and she couldn't see out of one of her eyes. And apparently Daniel Cormier uh, suggested that Hughes took the easy way out instead of lying about her condition in, in, in order to continue the fight. And people are upset about this, or at least Sam Hughes' team is upset about this. Um, and they were saying stuff like, you know, we're not in here fighting to the death. I mean, if we're fighting to the death, okay, fine. Like, we'll fight with one eye and a, and a hyphema. But if you're asking us to have her debut in the UFC and just fight some girl to fight, then that's what we're doing. We're not out here risking, you know, her vision for a fight basically is what their opinion was that's what they said um and i honestly agree i think that in fighting there's this like you have to be so tough like you have to fight with a broken arm you know what i mean that that sometimes we sort of forget that it's like okay you get into the cage if your eye is like seriously damaged you have to realize that you may never be able to see again if you continue to fight Perhaps it would be better to lose the fight and keep your vision than to keep fighting and lose your vision. It's different if it's something that is going to like heal up properly, right? Like it's different if it's like, oh, well, my name is Tony Ferguson and I was arm barred into oblivion, right? Like if you can tough, if you can tough your way out of that arm bar, first off, power to you. Because I wouldn't even be mad if you tapped. But okay. If you can find your way out of that armbar. Then just keep fighting. You know what I mean? If you want. Keep fighting if you can. Keep fighting if that arm isn't, you know, hurt so badly that you can't move anymore. And I think that most people could could do it once you train hard enough. Once you dedicate your life to it. You just sort of block out the pain. 
that's one thing but the eyes for example that's not a joke man like i'm not trying to lose my vision in a cage fight i'm sorry like dedicate as much of your life to it as you want like i'm not trying to go in there and never be able to like see again or some shit like that or you know or, or something like that you know what i mean um there is a risk when you go in there that you'll never be able to go, like walk again for example but that's like a much smaller risk like you know what i mean like it, it, it's it's not obvious that that risk is is super apparent so i guess there are risks that you take but the risks once they become apparent, like when you have blood pooling in your eye, that's when you take a step back and say, okay, you know what? This fight needs to stop. So for Daniel Cormier to say what he said or suggest what he suggested, I think is a bit ridiculous. I think is a bit ridiculous. It, it sort of echoes for me the the time that we had, uh, what's his name? Roshkoff, the one fighter who was like, I don't want to fight anymore. And his, and his coach was like, no, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, you know, just like tough it out. Instead of respecting the fighter's ability to consent to fight, he was like, no, you just have to be tough. And uh, in a sport like fighting, like MMA, there's a danger that that is going to be the attitude that people take and they don't actually think about the consequences of actions like that. So I guess I brought that up just to say, like, look, man, if you're a fighter and you're out there, don't. I understand you you want an unblemished record or whatever, but if it really is that serious, you know what I mean? Like, if you feel a twinge in your spine or something like that, and like you you can't feel your legs, like you you can't feel your legs partially for some reason, perhaps stop the fight because you might have like a slip disc that's about to sever your spine or something like that. You know what I mean? If you can't see out of your eye because it, you think you've got a detached retina, like maybe you should, maybe you should stop. You know what I mean? Don't, if you're bleeding, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? If you think your arm is fractured, eh, whatever. But like <laughs> the stuff that you can't get back. Yeah. Be careful with that. That's a word from, I was about to say a word from the wise, but I don't know how wise I am. That's just my opinion. In any case, man, that's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And if you uh, don't want to see my face on YouTube uh, and you just want to hear my voice, then you can see or listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcast, and vice versa. If you are listening on the podcast and you want to see my face, you can look me up on YouTube, The Combat Addict, that's my handle, and the podcast is called My Mouth Does the Talking. This is the combat review segment of My Mouth Does the Talking. So, that's it, man. That's it. Combat Addict out.